Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the HGO podcast. I am your host for today, Ethan, on this special Halloween occasion. It is Halloween special two, electric spookaloo, according to Kyle, because uh, <laughs> he was too <laughs> fucking stupid to come up with boogaloo. Hey, let me just say, nobody corrected it. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody corrected it when I shared the calendar. Because I thought you was doing no, a fake. I, I don't know about it you, Hudson. Same thing the next week. I just called it something different three days later. Yeah, I was I... like, you can call it that if you want. I don't care. I don't know about you, <laughs> I Hudson. My own I thought that he play. was just like, I honestly thought that he was just doing a bit where he was like, I'm just going to go with the thing that isn't the obvious one. But anyway, I'm, I'm here with Hunter and Kyle. Hey, guys, how you doing? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing just swell. Yeah, as you can see, we're all dressed up for the occasion. We've got a bunch of Jokers and Bo Burnham. Um, <laughs> I want to say that you two, well done. Props for the effort. I love the fucking stars in the background, Kyle. I love it. Well thank done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a plus for effort. This was not supposed to be my costume. We'll run. We'll we'll run through the whole appeal in a second. We'll we'll start with you, Kyle. So look at that. How much did you spend on that? Because I love the little light show. So- do you guys remember, like, the start of the month when we were talking about doing costumes? Mm-hmm. And we were just like, how yeah. how big are we going? And I'm like, the most expensive thing on my list costs $60. Say hello to $60. Won't spend $60 these on a webcam, but we'll spend $60 on those lights, dude. You hey, know these it. lights are fucking cool, dude. They are. You should have them in the background for it if you ever stream again. They're pretty cool. I like them. Oh, yeah. If only I ever streamed. I know, right? That would be, that would be magical. I can also change oh. the lights. Is it the is that the exact same one that he used? It sure fucking is. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that's the exact same. Like, yeah, that is literally the exact same. <laughs> one. Fucking, that's excellent. Yeah, like, A plus. That is welcome actually... to the podcast. <laughs> welcome Have a look to around. the podcast. Have a look around. I'm not going to do any more because we will get ID'd out of arsehole. So no, both chill. Is he though? That's the real question. Probably. Are you about? Are you chill? Uh, Hunter. Yeah. Come on our podcast and tell us, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I wish. Yeah. Anyway, Hunter, you're looking cool. Yeah, I decided to pick a Joker outfit because I joked a few times about doing this for the Royal Spoiler Cast if we did another one, but you know that hasn't happened yet. So I just pulled the trigger because I'll wear this jacket after this anyhow yeah um but now looks cool and then mine didn't show up i ordered mine a month ago <laughs> and it's not here i don't know where it is it's somewhere i don't know um but i'm not gonna say what mine is because i think it'll be funny if i just wear it on a random episode of the podcast i just think it'll be funny uh, either that or i'll just stream with it one day just literally just not not make like any kind of reference to it or anything just have it wearing so i very quickly did also did joker but i have done the dance version from uh persona 5 dancing so that's with the headphones um in fact let me do this really quick because i realize my lighting's really dark if i can quickly stall for time guys stall for time so how about the mets <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There, there you go. You can see it a bit, a bit better. Got the headphones. I don't have the top. I'm not like Hunter, but I do have the jacket, and I do have. What does that mean? I do have the uh, pajamas. 
It's close enough, right? It's close enough. I bought these jarmas for this fucking bit today, Kyle. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. I literally was like, quickly, I need some plaid. Um, I'm going to say, I remember the part in Persona 5 where Joker wore a Spyro shirt. Yeah, I can't. Sai interrogated him about it. Who gave you that shirt? Yeah. <laughs> when Spyro 5? When Spyro 5. Spyro 5. But now, um, my Please, actual... I'm a really big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, uh, I'll give people one clue. Uh, this is a clue. And that is the clue. That is all I said. It's, it's not, but it is. So look forward to it. And it's going to be horrifying. You're going to have nightmares. <laughs> you're gonna be uh i'm not even gonna say that because i'll give it away but welcome back to the show podcast where every week we talk about <laughs> video games sometimes i guess and everything that's hot in the world of gaming uh, you can find us on podcast services if you're listening right now i'm sorry for that visual introduction of five minutes but you can search for <laughs> the hjo podcast or hot game is only on podcast services everywhere uh and you can get our show every monday or you can head to youtube.com forward slash hot gamers only where you can look at our stupid faces every week where we don't wear costumes every week but uh, it'll we be start. It'll be more than once. I yeah, mean, we'll just do a second. Don't one. I get gawked at every time <laughs> I walk outside? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be wearing. Don't worry, Hunter. I'll be wearing one eventually if it shows up. You can guarantee it'll show up next week. Um, oh yeah, that's a hundred percent what will happen. Uh, but welcome back. We are not just doing silly costumes though, because we are here to do some kind of <clears throat> Halloween themed episode for you guys. Last year, what did we do? Was it monsters? Favorite monsters? In yeah, games? it was the best monsters. monsters in video games, and it was delightful. I yeah. liked that episode. It was a fun episode. I enjoyed doing it. I don't remember it, so uh, I assume it was very good because uh, every podcast we do is just excellent. Subscribe, guys. Uh, top positive tier. reviews, top tier. Um. <laughs> But this year, we are now going for scary parts or scary moments in non-scary games. Is, you know, scary moments in non-horror games. There you go. Simple yeah. as. So we have a bunch of different moments from games, uh, both from our childhoods and more recent. And we're just going to go through each one. We've both got like a list of, all of us got a list of five or so. Um we're just gonna we're gonna go through the lists we're gonna talk about things that scared us when maybe they shouldn't have or moments when they put something creepy in games that you don't expect to be creepy and yeah we're just gonna do that have a chill time and hopefully this podcast goes out because it's been a nightmare to go through that's it you just go through the evil god phase kyle you just yeah the real the real horror was the recording process of this episode (laughs) genuinely We genuinely have like 45 minutes of us trying to get everything to work. So that's the real horror. Oh my God. That is so distracting, but I love it. <laughs> Audio listeners, you're missing out. If You, you go really to, are. Go to the YouTube These lights video. are really freaking cool. <laughs> Do they auto-cycle or are you just playing with it? I have an auto-cycler, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, if you are an audio listener, we one, we do love you and appreciate you. But uh, after you've listened, go and have a quick look at the YouTube video because Kyle's gone into it. Kyle's really gone for it. Uh, <laughs> and it's 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 pretty great. Uh, yeah, okay, you tried as well, Hunter. It's just me that failed because my fucking costume didn't show up. Ugh. Anyway, I digress. Who wants to start? Where do we go? Who wants to set the tone for the episode? Hunter does... Nope, it's the classic. It's the no one volunteers. No one volunteers, so Hunter volunteers. That's Ah. the rule of the podcast. 
All right, so I'll start with one that's a little less obvious coming from me. There's this cool little mission in Fallout 4 called okay. The Devil's Do. Fallout takes place, I, I believe the fourth game takes place in like Massachusetts around the Boston area. So, you know, that's adjacent oh, yeah. to Salem in some way. Some caliber, yeah. Yeah. And there sense. is and there is enough. a mission that is very much it sends you to a museum of witchcraft. <laughs> and the fact that Fallout's already a game where, you know, the world is destroyed and mutants are inhabiting it already can set people off a little bit because it's uneasy in some respects. Mm-hmm. And then go on occult voodoo stuff when you get to the building is really fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. There's a bunch of like tricks it plays just with the audio and whatnot, the uh, poems and stuff that are around the museum. And then at the end of the quest or at the end of the, when you get to the, uh, I believe it's the cellar of the museum, the source of all of the problems was a giant death claw, which, you know, at the point in time that I got to the quest was something I was not equipped to handle. So it made me jet out of there. <laughs> Sorry, I took the wrong opportunity to have a drink there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've never been a huge fan of Fallout. Uh, my experience with Fallout has been, I've seen the intro of like three New Vegas and four. And I always just go, as soon as it gets to the apocalypse point, like the weird like kind of 1950s, 1960s kind of weird kind of look into the future world and then it kind of going to shit is always interesting but then as soon as i see the gray and the beige i always i don't know why but my mind instantly goes to an area where there's no personality left but i'm sure there's those like you say so there's bits and pieces there right? is personality strewn about the game or at least four but the thing is it's more like oh isn't that weird than anything that's like super deep mm-hmm. like it's it's not weird in the same aggressively weird way that a bunch of japanese games are and more on just the, oh, look at this being goofy over here for a second. You know, you just said Japanese games, and you just reminded me of another point. Thank you for that. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. But yeah. Well, that's nice oh. and vague, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get uh, to it. But yeah, I'm sure there are other things in, like, probably the other Fallout 3 or New Vegas that could qualify, but I haven't played those. Fair enough. Kyle, why do you want to start? All right. Um, so my first entry I had was from Okami. Okay. So Ooh. second act of Okami starts off with you going to this place called Ryoshima Coast. You meet with a priestess named Rao. And then she wants you to go into a place called the Sunken Ship. Ooh. I played Okami in seventh grade. So I was still pretty in like kind of young, mm-hmm. like 12, 11, that 13. age range. Old enough to still get spooked by things in games. This place made me stop playing the game, genuinely. <laughs> it, I genuinely had to put the game down for like a week mm-hmm. to just like mentally prepare myself. So the sunken ship is, well, the sunken ship. It's haunt, haunted by ghosts as well as the spirits of two other bosses you'd killed up to that point the spider queen and the crimson helm mostly the spider queen 
is what put me off because she's right at the start and her ghost like flies up right into the screen and just goes blah, 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 and just <laughs> like it's just bleh, I hated it. Even now, like going to replay the game, I just don't enjoy going through that place because it's not fun, truthfully. Mm. Like besides just being like creepy atmospherically, like the dungeon design just isn't really great either. I yeah, don't know. it's just like it's just one of those things that stuck with me. Yeah, my first one is also something similar like that, where it's yours is though. I feel like yours is a more valid one than my first one because at least i feel like they were trying to be a bit creepy or you know kind of eerie whereas my first ones are i've got also examples of games as a kid that i got scared at a point and just stopped playing when i probably shouldn't have uh, so i have two little ones for this one the first one is kyle will know this is in sly 2 is this is just a moment where i was so scared because there's the <laughs> let me just say it the missions where you have to go in the log cabins in the Jean Bazan level, right? Basically, for those really? of you who haven't played it, yeah. The first one, you just have to go into a room, grab these codes. The second one is fine. And then the final one, Jean Bazan is in the room and he's kind of doing like this pacing thing. And because I was a stupid, dumb kid, right? I was like, God knows how old, like seven, right? I didn't realize that the detection on him was absolutely like god awful or whatever. So I oh, yeah, it's terrible. would I used to hide underneath the fucking like table being pissed scared that he was going to catch me and I was like I like, genuinely <laughs> couldn't do it. I had to like mute the TV and like everything. I was like no, can't do it. So that's one example. One that's more kind of creepy though is Rayman 3. And I don't know if people have played Rayman 3, but Rayman 3 is a weird ass game. <laughs> Yes. And it's not just in, like, the psychedelic stage diving kind of, like, the rail grinding kind of sections and from stuff like that. But it's a creepy-ass game. Basically, you've got this, uh, is it the Grey Lum or is it the Black Lum? I don't remember what his name is. But you've got, like, this little evil Lum, which are, like, the little collectibles in the Rayman games. And he's, like, he's kind of, like, all dark and evil. And he goes around possessing all of the other lums and turning them into red lums and basically causing a load of havoc, hence the name Hoodlum Havoc. And it's just the that game, I don't remember what level it was, but there was a level where you're in basically like a swamp kind of area and it's your kind of, you know, kind of your Ms. Ruby Sly One kind of weird shacks and creepy kind of stuff. And genuinely, with the idea of that lum and just all of that eeriness, I just stopped playing the game and never played past that point. I was like, this is too scary for me. I'm backing off. And that was my baby bitch moment uh, of stopping playing a game because it was like, nope, too creepy for me. And hey, so much hasn't actually, changed. Um, on the subject of John Vassan, I want to like talk about an experience that I had as a kid with yeah, him. Go for it. Um, in, slide, in slide two, in the mission where you, in chapter seven, when you actually have to fight Vassan with mm-hmm. Bentley... I had a weird glitch happen to me. I've never been able to recreate it, and I've never seen anything about it online, but I had a glitch where he, like, charged into me, and I went into this, like, out-of-bounds area that you shouldn't be able to get to. Nice. It was just, like, a black void on the side of the arena. But I was just, like, I was able to stand and still, like, control Bentley. It was just so weird, and I've, I've never been able to do it again, and I'm... I really, I tried. I tried on my most recent playthrough to get it to happen again, but I just couldn't. 
No, that's... I don't know what it is. It's something about John Bassand. It's something about him. <laughs> Creepy guy. Um, I don't know. To me, he's like one of the only villains in Slide 2 that actually feels like a threat. I just also find it funny yeah. that that was my moment. It wasn't any of the Contessa shit. It was, oh, yeah. it was Jean Besson in a, it's being trapped in a confined space with the boss of a level and being like, you better hide under that fucking table or else he's going to kill you. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Uh, terrifying stuff. Anyway, that's enough about my childhood anyway. <laughs> my traumatic childhood locked in a wooden cabin with a bison. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on to. All right. Well, you guys are talking about things that got you when you were younger, uh, me, the first time I ventured off into playing Devil May Cry on more than the normal mode, the combination of the game's atmosphere, you know, the, that one started life as a Resident Evil game, that didn't bother me so much on my first several playthroughs because Dante was cool and invincible and all that, so it didn't really sink in. On hard mode, they start switching when you see things. So, like, there's a mini-boss that's like this Shadow Panther that is very good at killing you. And it just shows up in the hallway. <laughs> and that got me. It instilled the paranoia in me for all of that playthrough where I'm like, oh, God, what if I'm not, what if they have something that I'm not ready for now? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't know when, Kyle, I don't know about you, but when he's, when Hunter went, I'll go for one when I was a child as well. I was expecting him to go like, oh, yeah, when I was a child, I played Resident Evil. And, you know, that game's for babies. <laughs> well, and I, I, and did, I got scared once. That's and, not I point. <laughs> and, I, and I look at myself now going, oh, you know what? I can't believe I got scared at Silent Hill because, man, that game's really for babies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Whenever I think of Hunter, I just think of Hunter just literally looking at any piece of horror media and just going, I am not amused. This is not scary. Try harder. <laughs> like, grading a report card. Like, something that makes everyone else shit themselves. Hunter's like, D- minus could have gone better with the audio balance. Um, <laughs> many jump scares. Yeah, yeah. that's... Jump, yeah, jump scare should have been positioned here in the frame instead of where it was because it would have been more effective there. Uh, gonna yeah. have to knock you some points down for that one. <laughs> the next time we do a reaction, yeah, well, it's a actually, you know, this Five Nights at Freddy's would have come out hopefully at this point. But you know, previously when that was showing up at every one of PlayStation's things, I should have just had like a scorecard. Yeah, zero <laughs> did not yeah. lie. Um. But no, hey, it's nice to know that even Hunter got creeped out as a child. The stone-cold, impervious Hunter felt fear one day in his life, long ago. He never saw it coming. He never did. <laughs> no, he uh, not. Kyle, right, where do you want to go next? Have we exhausted all the Persona 5 references now? Who knows? I think we've got another one. I don't know. I've got another we yeah, I think we got, got another There's probably one. a few more. Yeah. yeah. There's always a... more. Yeah, if we run out, I can just start busting some moves in the background, and there you go. There we go. Yo, did you learn the specialist dance? No. Ethan's just going to let the oh. music take over. Yeah, there you go. I wish I had learned the specialist dance. That is a pl One day, I want to learn that. But <laughs> that's a funny anecdote, because about, ugh, about six months ago, I was going to do it for a bit where I was going to add it as like a channel point reward on my Twitch stream, just not ever mm -hmm. mention it. And just see if someone ever comes across it. And if they ever did redeem it, I would just do it. Um, but then I actually looked it up. And brief history about me. I used to be, a, I did dance when I was younger. And even I went, fuck, this is harder than it looks. I'm not doing this. 
it's uh, a it's lot. a hard dance it's a hard dance maybe one day i'll have the energy to learn it but not today anyway that's not scary actually me dancing it's quite terrifying but i digress i don't know nothing scares people more than their childhood memories yeah true kyle what's next hey, on your list of, of childhood memories spooky. one of the first like home console games i ever played we've talked about this on the show before it was tomba 2 on the ps1 oh, right. really Have fun game about this? yeah, yeah i brought like it up like once or gems. twice episode see hunter knows the lore you know like 85 86 episodes you know it's like he he said he said that and then sam pulled out like a need or he brought it up in a need for speed case or something and then sam (laughs) grabbed need for speed off the shelf and he's like oh i remember that yeah 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 yeah, yeah, i remember that uh back when we did visual gags what you on about look at yourself look at yourself When we do uh, visual gags, true. he says, as he's got a fucking galaxy in the background and his fucking round glasses and his white t-shirt, <laughs> Bo Burnham looking ass, sit and down. And a piano that's not even plugged in or turned on. I mean, that is a keyboard. Play dancing, man. I, I can't, Hunter. It's not turned on or plugged in. You should have learned also, this. Also, I don't the song. know how to play the piano. You should have learned the song. Tragic. Anyway. Dude, okay, I only just learned I had this in my house yesterday. Fair enough. Go I didn't have enough time to learn how to play the piano. Shut off. Coward. You should have learned the specialist dance. Touche. Think about that. <laughs> anyway, Tomba 2. Bitch. So anyways, Tomba 2. <laughs> um, this was, like I said, it's one of the first home console video games I ever played. Before that, I was basically just like handheld consoles, so like the Game Boy, stuff like that. You know how it was back in the late 2000s, early 2000s. When was I a child? Who knows? You would have been the early 2000s. The early 2000s. <laughs> you would have been like a teenager by the time we got to the later ones. This is true. So the early 2000s. Yeah. Do you want to write that down time. for next time no. so that you remember? No. <laughs> Just how, old, his how old am I again? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're all at that point now. When people ask you the question about how old are you, you have to actually sit and think for a second. You're like, how old am oh, yeah. I? Is it 23? Someone at work the other day. Someone at work the other day. I'm just like, uh, 23. Yes, yeah, that like, math checks out. Yeah, is it? I don't know. <laughs> so, anyways, Tampa two. <laughs> this is kind of like a double entry because I don't remember which area specifically freaked me out as a kid. So I'm putting both of them on here. Because, you know, it was, a, it was a late PS1 game, and PS1 games are terrifying. Oh, yeah. Graphically. Like we could have put, put any of, like, the FMVs from the PS1 era as a collective into this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Heihachi's so stupid face in Tekken. <laughs> so, anyways, um, there's this set of areas in Tomba 2 called the Donklin Forest and the Laughing Crying Forest. Oh, that's um, exciting. Oh, they're terrifying. Especially Ooh. when you're a child, and the rest okay. of the game is very bright and colorful, and then mm-hmm. they throw you into this terrifying place. With so the laughing crying forest has this gimmick where there's basically these fruit around the area that basically, if you touch one, it changes Tomba's emotions to either be always laughing or always crying, and that so that on its own basically takes away control, like takes away some player control like you can't enter combat properly while you're while you're affected so 
it's just like a feeling of helplessness as a child being like, oh, I guess I don't have my tools anymore. Mm -hmm. And then couple that with the just absolutely just haunting music in the background. If you're watching the video, just like watching the video version of this podcast, just open another tab and go look it up. Donglin Forest, Tomba 2. Absolutely just pants shittingly terrifying when you'd be when you're a child. (laughs) Dude, it's got like chanting in the background. Ooh, I like chanting. Ooh, I didn't. <laughs> that shit spooked me. No, I respect it. I think there's I like PS One games, dude. There's something about them. They're in that perfect era. Same with N sixty four, where yeah. they just they're they're terrifying because at the same time it's one of those things. Was like, oh, it's crazy. It's three D. It's like real life mm. when you were a kid, right? But at the same time, you it's they're also terrifyingly horrid because of how little like polygons everything's made out of, how janky shit is, like. Oh yeah, it's Terrifying one of those things where you can times, like where you can like vaguely make out what things are, but some of the stuff is still up to your imagination. Yeah, yeah. But no, I like it. Um, also, well, hang well, on, one final sidebar. There's also a clown area in Tomba too, like a circus area. Yeah, fuck that, dude. Fuck that. That's not important, but I felt you all needed to know that. Yeah, Anyways, fuck Tomba too, and... dude. Get it out of the way. Get it out. Um, and after that, Whoopi Camp never made another game again. Hooray! <laughs> feels bad. It's very sad. Feels feels bad. Press F for Tomba, dude. Um, but oh, yeah, sevens. oh sevens. Oh my god, that galaxy is like gone all in, dude. That one's like, <laughs> oh goodbye. Um, Thank God we're 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 changing some colors. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're still going for stuff that shouldn't technically be scary so i'll go with like like things that aren't like kind of jump scares or hidden bits of horror that are in non-horror games so i'm gonna go with this one right picture go back to 2009 is it 2009 or is it 2011 uh hang on brotherhood was is it assassin's creed 2 was that 20, 2011 11 is it 2011 okay yeah go back to 2011 guys i know when this game came out and <laughs> um picture that's okay ethan i forgot when i was a child so picture picture a time when assassin's creed hadn't been burnt to death on fatigue and six million entries where there was just one entry called assassin's creed and it was a promising little game that we all thought could come in like turn into something bigger and cooler and assassin's creed 2 was coming out and i was hyped as shit for assassin's creed 2 guys let me tell you like i remember seeing a trailer and i remember showing my dad because my dad played assassin's creed uh, one and then he let me play it with the blood turned off that's a different story for a different day <laughs> uh, he was like he's like he was like you'll like this play this but if your mom comes in the room turn the blood off so that she thinks it's a 12 or whatever so i was like because i don't remember how old i was i was like 13 or something no assassin's creed one i was like 10 or 11 but i digress assassin's creed 2 comes out and i'm like oh this is cool you know it's italy it's in the renaissance you play an Ezio, who's a cool ass character and then all of a sudden the game's like, oh, there's these weird glyphs all about, scan them. And I'm just like, yeah, sure, I'll scan the weird glyphs. What's the worst that can happen? And then <laughs> you scan the glyphs and a load of weird, like, blood-stained markings are all over the screen and all these weird, like, text documents of someone saying you need to solve this and then you're cracking this code. And then it's showing, like, this creepy video of a load of random people get, like, these two people who 
are naked for some reason and are being attacked by people and are being chased and it's doing this in this really weird place where it's kind of like this madman's kind of trying to get in contact with you and everything's etched in blood and it scared the shit out of me it scared the literal <laughs> shit out of me where i every time that a subject 16 section of that game came on because i wanted to get the platinum because uh, it was trophies were new and i really wanted to do it and man every time a section like that came on i muted the tv and i kind of looked down like i was like kind of looking away and i was looking at i don't remember even what i was looking at it was either ign or it was like achievement hunter or something really old when you went to look for guides and i just quickly enter the code of whatever the correct thing was and then i'd look away when they'd play the video because <laughs> it was just so fucking creepy to me because you have like this weird kind of like saw kind of-esque guy with these quite crazy blood symbols trying to contact you and shit like that and it was just i don't know it's like it was like an in-game arg like it was really weird. <laughs> it was kind of a can you crack the code? It's, that's it's a, the game. That's a really good analogy. It was as if the game, yeah, because it was like it, it was hinting at the past stuff and all the weird like god stuff that Assassin's Creed has now, which is completely stupid. But back then we didn't have a clue what it was, and so to have this weird, creepy ARG, whereas it, it was as if the game was breaking in itself, and it was as if something was trying to break loose from the game, trying to tell you what was happening. I was just like, this is too creepy for me, and. uh Still, whenever I play replay Assassin's Creed 2, I still feel a bit <laughs> uneasy when I uh, am solving those sections. So yeah, there you go. A weird one. You have to take the mask off, apparently, <laughs> to have a drink. Is that how that works? It's It pushes really hard down on my nose, so it's hard to get like the cup up without like... <laughs> I'm just picturing me. I am just picturing Joker in like a dungeon <laughs> or whatever going, guys, I need a drink. And they're like, Joker, don't do it. And he takes his mask off and then Arsene just like destroys everything around them <laughs> as he takes a sip of fucking Pepsi. <laughs> like, that's it. Dude. That's it. It's over. Anyway, I'm done talking about Assassin's Creed 2, Hunter. So it's up to you again. Baton pass. Well. There you go. Anyhow, so this didn't scare me when I played it because it was only a couple of years ago and I'm a grown man who I don't think has been scared by something that's shown up on my screen. On the <laughs> oh, here we go, dude. Here we go. <laughs> fucking Sigma but, male. I do like it. It's Hunter and I'm a fucking Chad. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but Only betas get like scared, dude. I'm a Sigma. <laughs> but I do like it for the same reason I tend to like other creepy stuff is the intro to Super Metroid. Like, mm. all from just the opening video up until the part that you play for a little bit starts off just dark with this really cool kind of intro music playing while it uh, slowly zooms in the Metroid's making noises. You see the two dead bodies as it gets to the tube that the Metroid is in. And then like shortly thereafter you take control of Samus and you know, you play, you, you walk into that laboratory that it was in and you examine it and it's like, oh, except something broke the Metroid out of there. So mm-hmm. the killing machine is on the loose. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just Metroid altogether is super atmospheric and cool, but that part stuck out to me specifically. And I'm like, oh man, I really am going to like this game. Yeah, the Metroid series does a fantastic job with its atmosphere. Like, even after that intro bit and you get onto Zebes or Zebus, I don't remember yeah. what it's called. I don't remember, I don't remember I how think, to pronounce it. I, I think, think it's Zebus. I think it's Zebus is what has been decided. But even that, like, whole little 
build up to getting when you get the morph ball and then the and then when the planet comes alive that spotlight starts shining on samus and that's when you know that like it's about to go okay the game's about to start now Mm -hmm. yeah good stuff yeah i mean metroid's great metroid's always had that kind of creepy atmosphere where even if it's not necessarily horror it's always had that kind of unease to it wherever you go i mean even in dread right i finally got my hands on dread and played five hours of it today and even when it's like i've seen the trailers right but even that first encounter with an emmy is still kind of fucking creepy as it's chasing you around even when it's a destroyed one as it's like and the music's playing and you're like oh fuck i've got to move here um Mm. i uh a couple days ago i watched john carpenter's the thing and it got to the credit music and it was this really kind of intense synthy thing and i was like "Ooh, hello metroid (laughs) that was one of your influences wasn't it yeah but no, Metroid is definitely a good pick for this because not necessarily scary, but it's always kind of a oh, but it could be if it wanted to. And oh, I very easily. Games that are like that. Yeah, you know, Nintendo are cowards, but if they ever did want to do an interesting thing with an IP, make a horror game out of Metroid. That would genuinely mm. be an interesting <clears throat> kind of idea. Yeah, somebody in, play as someone in that universe who isn't a badass like Samus, who is. You just <laughs> play as a normal guy, and yeah, suddenly it does just become a horror game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I also want to give a mention to um, Metroid Fusion on the GBA. Basically, Samus's power suit ends up getting infected by these parasites, which are also in Dread. Um, And then the suit becomes... Like, the parasites take control of the suit, and it becomes sentient. So, for a lot of the game, it's just, like, hiding from Samus. Like, a full power suit Samus. All of her gear is there. So... Mm. It like it's so, it's so well done. Yeah, no, big ups to Metroid. Mm. Yep. There's not a lot of Metroid games, but when there are, they're they know great. what they're doing. Ah, oh, they've had enough of them, dude. They've had enough. They don't need any more. Nintendo's milking Metroid. I mean, look, they made a they make a new game like every six years. They make a Splatoon every three. Well, let's <clears> get more Splatoon, guys. We need more Splatoon. Less Metroid. More Splatoon. Let's get Splatoon four. Already in pre-production. Let's get it happening. Clearly, we need a Federation Force 2. Now we're talking Blast Ball, Big (laughs) Pop. Let's go, guys. Let's play shitty Rocket League in the Metroid universe. High five. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, Kyle, I guess. You're up. All right. Um, So I think when it comes to this kind of topic, you can't really ignore Lavender Town. Yeah, we can. All right. Yeah, we can. It totally escaped me, but now that you mention <laughs> no, it, go on, Kyle. yeah. So Lavender Town specifically, and like Red, Blue, Yellow, like the original Gen One. Um, if you were around the internet in the early 2010s, like you know all about like the Lavender Town syndrome, <laughs> creepy pastas, game theory. <laughs> That's a game but theorem like, right there. And sure, yeah, it got kind of talked about to death but it was still just like a really fascinating yeah to me it was really fascinating just like seeing all the all the basically lores that got made up around this one fair admittedly forgettable town in pokemon but even when you start like dissecting it for what it is it's a graveyard in pokemon 
Which up to that point, on a first playthrough, you're like, oh yeah, my Pokemon faint, I just bring them to the Pokemon Center and they're perfectly fine. And then you've just got this town with a whole tower full of graves of dead Pokemon. And it's just like, oh! And you have to go fight a ghost Pokemon, like a ghost of a Pokemon, not a ghost Pokemon like Ghastly, but like a ghost of a Marowak. I needed to. <laughs> I <love laughs> of Pokemon. course, of course, it was. Of course, it was a Marowak. Yeah, I love Pokemon because I had to talk in circles just to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, in so looking at the next game, Pokemon Gold Silver Crystal, you go back to Kanto in the post game, and you see how Kanto's changed in the three years since the end of Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow. Lavender Town, Lavender Tower, got changed into a frickin' radio tower. And, like, oh. that's just fucked up. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I always did think the song from that area was really cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pokemon's it's... always had those creepy moments, right? Mm -hmm. In all of the games. Like, I remember, is it For Gen sure. 6... Where there's the random building where you can just go in there and get a fucking jump scare in a Pokemon game. Yeah, there's just, like, this ghost girl that talks to you. Yeah. Where she's like, you're not the one, and then just, like, slides away. Yeah. They're just always They didn't give her a walk animation, Hunter. She <laughs> just slid. Well, I just inferred that as her being a ghost and not Game Freak being lazy. Yeah. There's but, always, like, know, column A, little column B. <laughs> Yeah, there's always been, at least up until Gen 6, there was always kind of a creepy kind of Easter egg or mm -hmm. thing in all of the games. I don't know about Gen 7 or 8. I don't think there is in Gen 7 or 8. I don't remember anything about Gen 7. Yeah. I've chosen to forget Gen 7. And so does One everybody. One of the mantines that you surfed on was haunted. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't there. You were actually dead the whole time. <laughs> Just finished mantine surfing and they're like, what mantine? <laughs> Dude, you just swam across the ocean. Yeah, what the fuck you on? <laughs> um, but no, Pokemon is a good show. I like that one. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess if we're talking about, you know, atmosphere, kind of music, kind of things, let's talk about Nier Automata for a second. <laughs> um, Nier Automata is a game that is not scary. It's eerie and creepy, but not scary. The thing that kind of makes it the eeriest and the scariest at times though is the soundtrack the soundtrack is fucking creepy as shit like it is like if you've not played near automata then have fun with that because it is so creepy in the way that it handles its soundtrack in the way of there are songs that play in like desolate locations that have that kind of eerie happiness to them you know what I mean, where it's like in a horror yeah. film where they're like trying to play nice music, but it's just creepily off and the tone's just kind of not there. One of them is the abandoned amusement park. It oh, is I love the amusement park. It's fucking so scary. Much. It's so cool. Fucking terrifying, dude. Like, it's just like creepy, happy, like haunted kind of uh, amusement park music where you can kind of feel the past of the place in there, but it's just creepily wrong and it's horrible. And yeah. one moment to not uh, spoil it for people, because I don't like spoiling Nier Automata, because it's a game that I feel like is very much going blind as much as you can, because um, of how weird that game is and how many twists and turns it has. But there's one particular moment in the game that's in the final third where 
you can tell something is off instantly from the music and the music alone the dialogue is suggesting something else the way that the game is going about and the objective marks and everything else is going about it some other way but just the way the music's playing and how creepily it's building up and kind of just how eerie the undertone is you're just sitting there going oh god oh god i know what's gonna happen and you're just like oh and then when it happens and you're just like oh and man it's a great game and Nier Automata is probably one of the better examples of how to use a soundtrack to set tone. Um, it really is. The made-up but... language, I feel like, does a lot of lick work and just sounding <sighs> the fact that it's not... The fact that it's vocalizations that are apparently meshing up in some form of logical sense to somebody, but it's not anything that makes sense to you because it's, you know, not real. Chanting or anything in like singing in any kind of game always Mm. changes the way that the music plays you know yeah even in a in a creepy way in a non-creepy way for example in a non-creepy way i don't think the dragonborn theme from skyrim would be half as good as it was if you did not have a chorus of people chanting it yeah if it was just the if it was just if it was just the actual tune on instruments it wouldn't be as half as good same with the god of war theme the new god of war theme i should say it's like no no there's a lot of chanting in the other ones too don't yes (laughs) yes but i feel like i'm talking about the new one in particular but the new one is so simple but it's the chanting that makes it work and on the opposite end you've got games like nia where it's singing and chanting in a made-up language but it does it makes it feel creepy because not only does it sound off and weird because it's obviously a language that you don't know because they've made it up but it also it feels like it has meaning because again of the way it's the way it's phrased and the way that they've set it out it always makes it feel like oh god they're saying something and it's creepy in the way they're doing it and it's like oh i don't like it um there's also a song shout outs to this random song there's a song i hate and i hate it with a passion there's a song where there's like there's a there's a bit where you go near the sea or near the like a lake or a river and there's like topple buildings in it and you do some platforming over it uh yeah there's like that area that song was so creepy and so like off-putting to me and like sad in the way it was made that i genuinely hate that area and i used to like sprint through it because i just did not want to listen to the song um so there you go shout outs to Nero automata creepy ass soundtrack um so yeah there you go hunter back to you so this isn't the specific point of the game I want to mention, but speaking of creepy chanting, oh man, the Fire Temple music in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. That's what I was it, thinking about, At least yeah. in the version that I got to play. Uh, really good tone setter. My actual part of Ocarina of Time I want to talk about, though, is the Shadow Temple. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. yes. <laughs> Filled with these Filled with the, you know, bunch of skeletons, the sp- Skulltulas, which are genuinely in that version, just skulls with spider legs. They're just giant spiders. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a lore dead perspective, hand. the dead hand, which I have a friend who exited the room the first time he encountered dead hand, like physically, not like turned around and tried to run in the mm-hmm. game. He like left his room. <laughs> but I understand yeah. that friend. Ah. Oh. It was, yeah. Dead hand is so cool. He's he's gross. Ah, oh, but it's, he's a blob. Yeah, but it's like a 
<laughs> decomposing flesh or something. And he's managed to, the way his head, yeah, his neck. Nasty. Oh, it's so cool. And then, like, his <laughs> jaw, like, unhinges when it dies. Yeah. Anyhow. Game did not deserve an E rating. I'm just going to smile and nod, because I never got this far in Ocarina. I'm just going to smile and nod. Yeah. But anyhow, the Shadow Temple is like a prison, too. So there's a lot of cool, like, lore that goes into it, because it's genuinely this place where all of the angriest and, like, potentially worst kind of people in the world came to die, and their spirits have just hung around to uh, keep harassing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and like then the son. dungeon ends with Bongo Bongo. Yeah. The weirdest boss in existence. You know, it's maybe not what I was expecting, but I still think he's cool. I mean, yeah, he's memorable, if nothing else. But yeah. very tonally different from the rest of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I thought you guys, when we were talking about chanting, I went out of my way to not mention Ocarina, because I was like, I bet someone's got Ocarina on here. So I was just kind of like, slipping into other things, because I'm like, everyone... Kind of gets creeped out. Also, shout-outs to Majora's Mask as well for also being a creepy-ass fucker. Oh, yeah. Atmospherically, Majora's Mask is one of my favorite games of all time. That moon, dude. The moon is so creepy. Whoever came over The moon, Akana Canyon in general, is just another place where it was at war for so long that everyone died. Yeah. And just became a wasteland. The afterlife is still just them fighting their war. Yeah. It's amazing. It's even just like all the different character stories. Yeah. Like just the way that being like a war hero or maybe not a war hero. It's been a while since I've played Majora, but basically this Goron hero. Yeah. Or the way that the the progression of the clock town music over the three day cycle, Mm. just if you stay there, the way it just gets the pace increases but it doesn't seem to it, change in tone at all it becomes yeah. really unsettling it's be like why are you still so upbeat about the end of the world mm-hmm. i remember like day three isn't it like super frantic yeah it's great and then the final six hour song mm. oh, God. aces aces final of a soundtrack hour. final hours is one of my favorite pieces of video game music it's ever so good i love majora mm-hmm. dude I'm so glad Majora started getting the love that it deserved. Because growing up, I had played both Ocarina of Time and Majora on the Wii's Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. I loved Majora to death, and I thought Ocarina was always just like, eh. Maybe that was just me being too cool for the normie stuff, but... Nah, dude, welcome to my world where I'm just too cool for <laughs> Zelda in general. <laughs> Because every Zelda game, I have the exact same problem where I get five hours in and I go, the story's interesting, but the gameplay does fucking nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Where every time I'm like, you know, this whole idea of going into a dungeon where the whole thing is just walk around till you find the item, then use that item to solve those puzzles, and then you're done. Well done, have a terrible boss fight at the end as a reward and end into the next one where you'll do the exact <laughs> same thing. Maybe we'll use that fucking item again once in like five hours time and then it'll feel like you've made progression. And I'm like, no, this is shit. Help me. (laughs) But at least with games like Majora, there's that atmosphere, that kind of weird vibe where I'm like, maybe that would get me through it. It won't, but it might, (laughs) you know? We'll never know since Nintendo's overcharging for their (laughs) 
service. Literally. Do you know what's funny? I bought yeah. I um I pre-ordered the Happy Home Paradise DLC and every step of the way of me trying to buy it, they were like, you know, you can get Nintendo Switch online expansion pass for the exact same price. And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you sure you don't want the expansion pass instead of this? You get the thing with it. And I'm like, no. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm doing this on purpose. I don't want the expansion pass. Give me the fucking DLC. I don't want... <laughs> this is a deliberate choice I am making. I don't want shitty Mario Kart 64. Get it out. I don't <laughs> want it. I already own Mario, si- I already own Mario 64 because you made me buy that with All-Stars. Fuck off. I'm not getting it again. <laughs> but no. I vibe with it. Kyle, oh. are we up to you? Is this, is this well, you? I mean, Majora, Majora was on? kind of just like... I had Majora on my list, so if you oh, want to okay. go now... Cool. Um, I've got. Hmm. Let's talk about jump scares and non like just having jump scares in non horror games pisses me the fuck off. But <laughs> I'm gonna go with two examples. Hello. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do two examples of terror like games that I wish didn't have it, and then I'll give you one where I think it worked really well, and then that ties into the atmosphere of that game. Um, the two that I fucking hate is one, the first couple of Uncharted's doing it. Why the fuck did they have jump scares in them for no reason? Um, yeah. Particularly one that fucking made me shit myself was there's one part where you're climbing the wall. It's when the Yetis are first introduced, and the way that they introduce the Yetis, Kyle, there's like these monster, big ass fucking monster Yetis in Uncharted too. The way that they do they introduce them mm-hmm. is you climb up an ice wall. You're basically climbing up a wall, and as the camera does a pan out, like Uncharted always does, to kind of give you a, a thing at the start of a chapter where it pans out so you see more of the environment. What they do is they pan it out to the perfect point where you can just see a fucking big ass fucking yeti looking at you and then does a scream and then marches towards the camera and i shat myself i paused the game and i had to stop because i was like that's fucking bullshit like no it's so dumb another example second one is death stranding it is on there i hate all the jump scares in death stranding the amount literally i don't i I liked the one in the mirror where that that, that made me shit myself i was like "Ah." honestly <laughs> i shot cool. myself so hard dude like that was like that was literally what i had to walk away as it, it was too much literally i just went to the <laughs> mirror and like higgs is there and, it, and he's just like the shh and i'm like ah like literally it got me to the point where i was like oh god and the one i got more... he had like his golden mask over sam's face or something yeah 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 and uh, do you want to we can talk about this now because yeah the game's old you know, you know, it's Sam's costume that it's like it's over Sam's costume, and it's got the Higgs mask, but it's not Sam under the mask. Oh, that's amazing! It's a what? It's Amelie. Oh yeah. So it's a hint of nice. it's a hint of near the it's it's a hint of her, and yeah. I didn't notice it, but God, fucking shit me up. And it's just there's plenty of those. There are so many of those jump scares. Like, for example, there's also the one where if you go and check on BB, he'll be all demented and like a twisted demonic oh, version yeah, of him. No, and he'll like... just like start screaming at you. And that made me shit myself. Um, I got the one where he tried to like break out of the canister. Yeah, I got that too. That was fucking terrifying. There's one where every so often when you plug into the BB in the elevator, it goes into Sam's throat, because of course it does, and BB does like this weird, shows you his arse, and then does like a thumbs up at the camera, like that weird thing. Um, <laughs> one time it did that, and it was the creepy doll from the trailer with like the nails in its oh, head. Oh, right. And it just like fucking twitched, made me ju- And there's one in the director's cut, which I'm not going to ruin for Hunter, because Hunter hasn't 
uh, experienced it, but it is direct reference to PT, and I watched that one on YouTube, and that one made me shit myself as well. And there's so many of them in Death Stranding, and I'm like, why, Kojima? I hate jump scares so much, and I love (laughs) Death Stranding. uh, It's it's (laughs) funny that that game has so many of those, because the... uh the actual avoiding the bts it was really stressful maybe the first time and then after that i got i just started zipping through the areas with mm-hmm. reckless abandon so it didn't matter because they could never catch me see it was funny because i never got caught by the bts in my entire playthrough the only time that i ever got i actually the only time i ever saw what happened if you got caught was in the one point in the game where that's the solution to a puzzle and that's oh, yeah. That's the only time I ever got caught by the BTs. I was so proud of myself of basically mastering that stealth game by never having uh, them attack me. But no, that made me show stuff. Also, small shout out, bit of a creepy thing as well. The pizza delivery side quest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because it's so f- it's such a funny side quest because it's like, it's pizza time. Genuinely, it's the Spider-Man. It's pizza time. Get there in 20 minutes or less or the order's free kind of shit. You just got to keep going to different places. And then it has this really kind of creepy twist at the end where you go into the final bunker and deliver the final pizza. And it was Higgs that was sending you on all these quests this entire time. He's the main <laughs> villain, Troy Baker. And you go into his, yeah. la- and you basically go into his lair and he's got like, like he's got the weird kind of murderer kind of bulletin board with all the photos of people with the connected lines and like weird writing on the walls and shit. Such a creepy end to a, fucking meme side quest that i literally was like i don't like being here because i was scared that i was going to walk out and he was going to jump scare me because he's jump scared me before. <laughs> so i was like fuck death stranding that's basically its own basically <laughs> death stranding is its own point you know, i'm saving Make the one for later a horror game kojima yeah i'm you know i'm counting that as the, the whole point i was going to bring up a second one but no fuck it we're, we're keeping that one that's the whole point fuck you kojima <laughs> I genuinely shot myself like five times during Death Stranding. It's not cool. <laughs> on the on the subject of jump scares, Hunter and I were talking about this while you were doing something off mm-hmm. the podcast. I don't remember what, but um, Twi- Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess mm-hmm. has one little jump scare bit near the end of a dungeon. the 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 snow dungeon. I don't remember what it's called because I don't replay Twilight Princess ever. Snow Peak Ruins. Why do you remember that? I just do. Okie dokie. Thank you. I'm glad you're here to, to back me up. Yeah, happy to help. So anyways, um, you've basically been going through this dungeon with like a little helper, like a little Yeti helper. Mm-hmm. And then your goal is to get, you're basically in the story, you're getting these four little mirror shards to get into the Twilight world. Um, So then at the end of the dungeon, your little Yeti friend, she gets very infatuated by the mirror she gets like basically possessed by it mm-hmm. and then her face does or she like her whole head does like a 180 and she just like gets fangs and just like it's a jump scare yeah You're, like picture <laughs> a jump scare mm-hmm. and she just shouts not take mirror and then the boss fight starts oh and crazy. like as a kid playing it scared the shit out of me i was not ready for that it was real cool it was in hindsight it's kind of funny but in the moment i was very upset and terrified (laughs) no fair enough i've got more to talk about jump scares in a bit we'll talk about another one that's (laughs) fucking terrifying uh hunter anyway 
We're back so to you, I think. we were talking about Kojima. So this, he, he was <laughs> oh, not God. Death Stranding was not his first uh, go at just <laughs> tormenting the people playing his games. <laughs> and there are no a couple. Will it be his last. There were a couple from Metal Gear Solid that I could choose that are kind of spoilery. So I've got to choose a more obscure one that you actually I don't think could get in the like HD version of the game in the. The, in the original PS2 version of Metal Gear Solid 3, there's a point in the story where you get captured. And if you save the game and leave, uh, you will come back and load the file and it will be a completely different game. You will be playing this weird hack and slash monochrome, except there's blood, except when you hit uh, when you hit the uh, <clears throat> um, when you hit enemies, their blood comes out. It is. It, it, I thought I was playing a totally different game the first. Like I did. I I know I watched myself load the game and all that, but I definitely tricked for a second into believing that <laughs> the uh, game had switched somehow. Of course, it's, of course in the story is like a. It's like a nightmare sequence. After a couple minutes, it ends and Snake wakes up in the cell. That's of course that happens. Of course, Kojima. I don't know why it's like not that. in the HD version. It's super weird because I tried to get it to happen when you know the first time I got the PS3 version and just didn't. And I was like, oh man. Who knows? That's a very yeah. Kojima thing to do, though. Um, I also just want to give a shout out. This is a slight spoiler, but it's also just kind of a weird thing of the classic Psycho Mantis <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid One. Yeah. Thing, oh, yeah. of him reading your save data shit i bet you that creeps some people out back in the ps1 days because people will be like how the fuck witchcraft and wizardry stay the <laughs> fucking way from me there was another completely in-universe part that was probably made people like actually really uneasy right before that too mm. so it was like a one-two punch yeah but now fucking kojima dude psycho mantis is so such a cool idea it really is. I like you oh, know man. you know Kojima's a weirdo wherein like Metal Gear Solid One is the when he goes, What if we make him unplug the controller and put it in the other <laughs> slot? <laughs> yeah. They'll never see that one coming, dude. <laughs> like oh, genuinely. Kojima fucking crazy guy, dude. I really do hope he makes a horror game next. One so Me too. he can one so he can get all this fucking outlet out into a video game and <laughs> yeah. two, so I can respect it and not play it. Because <laughs> And then hopefully the next time you play one, you won't be as harassed. Knowing Kojima, he'll just put a load of references to it in the next one as well. Just be like, That's What's that true. you didn't play the last one because it was a horror game? Well here, let me catch you up. <laughs> Here's all the other jump scares you missed. Goodbye. <laughs> also, plug your controller into the second slot. Yeah, just like a clip montage of jump scares. Yeah, genuinely, it will be a clip montage of jump scares, and the only way for you to turn that montage off is to to side your controller as player two, and then press X to skip as player two. Just to fucking shit on you. Like, there you go. Anyway. Uh, Eject the disc and then put it back in. Yeah. Kyle. (laughs) Alright, so my last one is kind of just like a whole whole character. Um, It's Gygus from Earthbound. Ah, yes. 
the mm-hmm. only thing I've, I know about that game. <laughs> I feel like this is another another thing that basically took the internet by storm when YouTube started taking off and the countdown artists got their opinions out. But yeah. I mean, Gygus, as so, let me preface this as someone me who was not the biggest Earthbound fan. Mm-hmm. I have mad respect for Gagas. He is basically this omnipotent, all-powerful being. And just the entire build-up to it is so well done. Even though he's, like, not too involved in the story from, like, a villain perspective. Just, like, the constant threat that he poses to the point where in the current time of Earthbound he's too powerful to be stopped so like your characters have to go back in time to stop him when he's weaker is just a testament to how powerful this this thing is mm-hmm. and even like getting into the boss fight itself starting it off it's basically showing like a reflection of ness like ness's face is your target basically and then eventually gets broken open and it becomes the background, like, the battle background is gone, and Gygus just becomes the battle background. Yeah. Like, it's just such, atmospherically, it's so well done, and I think it's... He's so all-powerful that you can't perceive his attacks. Yeah, by the game's text, it's like, when he attacks, you can't understand the true power of his attack. That's how powerful he is. Yeah. And, like, it's it's just a great way f- to cap off Earthbound. Yeah. Like. I feel it. There's, again, to make that parallel, obviously, to what does everyone think of when you say the magic words of Earthbound? You go straight to fucking Undertale, right? You go all off yeah. to the other child. Uh, <laughs> and Flowey, in that case, um, oh. being a kind of similar kind of character... Uh, and being particularly weird I could have, again another character that could have been a moment that could have been on this list uh, mm. at the very start of Undertale where Fla- Flowey's like hey, these are these are called like, oh, these are like, you know, like he starts going through all the stuff and it's like level stuff he's like love value or whatever and then he starts, he's like Qu- quickly collect the heart and then it kill- like it damages you and he's like it's be or be killed and then like just fucking <laughs> ear deafens you is like a load of shit just starts trying to attack you and it's like oh god um <laughs> is another one of those characters but now earthbound of course earthbound's very meta but to have mm-hmm. that so of course you'd expect some kind of creepy kind of little twist on something like that to happen but no i'm sure it's very yeah. well done hunter have you got any left i've got one more okay right because i'll say I've got, I've yeah, I've technically got two. I've got a little one and a big one. So I'll do the little one now. Then we'll come back to you, and then we'll finish off with my big one. Um, my little one is Red Dead Redemption. There are so many creepy side quests in that game, and I'm not even talking about Undead Nightmare here. Or it goes. This is for Red Dead One and Two. There are so many creepy, uh, side quests, including one. I don't. You. Pr- I think you might know this one, Hunter. There's all about someone called The Stranger. Oh, yeah. And basically, Kyle, there's this random guy in a top hat and a suit that just keeps showing up everywhere, and he keeps having conversations with John. And it's very eerily relevant to what's happening at the time. 
and they just randomly start talking about random things and then he just he'll be like i'm just gonna stand here for a while and then he'll be there for quite a while and then the next time you show up he's just gone and then he'll show up again later in the story. And he's one of the only Strangers and Freaks quests that has a specific trigger throughout the entirety of the story. Where he'll keep showing up throughout the entirety of it. And they hint at him that only John sees him. Uh, or Technically, I don't want to spoil Red Dead Redemption again for people. I don't really want to do spoilers here. But then in the final meeting of him in Red Dead 1, there's this very specific scene that happens with john and it's basically a um it's a look into what the actual ending of the game is and if you line it up with what happens at the end of the game and you look at everything that happens there it syncs up perfectly to a point where it's creepy and then you never see that character again um (laughs) what's creepier is and it's all it's basically you're left to believe that he is at some manifestation of the devil is what everyone theorizes and believes because then what's creepy is the sequel comes out and everyone's like oh i wonder if there'll be any references to the stranger and even though there's no side quest to do with him there is plenty to fucking see about him that's even more creepy um you've got this guy that will just start rambling and talking to something there's a side quest and he'll just randomly die at some point and if you go and if you break into his house late in the game, you go in there and it's all red and there's a load of blood and stuff in there and there's a portrait of him just on the wall of the stranger that's just standing that's just there like a drawing of him and it's creepy as shit and it's just like there's so many random hints to him and stuff like that. This isn't even talking about like the zombies DLC that they did like the the 80s horror film like DLC they did for it, the original Red Dead. But there's just so many creepy yeah. things in Red Dead like that, the stranger in particular it scared the shit out of me when i was like god how old was i it was 2011 so i was like 13 14 when playing that it scared the shit out of me i was like that's creepy i don't like him at all and just how weird all this like how he interacts with the world very creepy i like it juxtaposed in the next three minutes by someone walking around like they were one of the wildlife And there's just there's just so many creepy. Did you ever get that glitch where they where the people were acting like the animals? No, I didn't, unfortunately. Oh, I got <laughs> that one. There are so many creepy, like there's there's so many creepy endings to side quests as well. Where there's just like this one wholesome. I'll give you this one of example in Red Dead One. There's this just this wholesome mission where there's just this old guy and he's like, "Oh, can you go and get me some flowers? I want to get some flowers for my wife, um, but I can't because he's old or whatever." And John's like, yeah, sure. So you go around spending hours finding these fucking flowers that he wants because they're all over the damn map. Um, So you go and get them. And then you come back and he's like, oh, why don't you come in and meet her? And she's a fucking corpse. And it's like so (laughs) creepy because John's like, I'm just going to leave because this guy's gone mentally insane. He's got his wife's corpse just in the fucking shack. There's so much creepy stuff in Red Dead. Like literally all of them oh yeah and then there's also oh i've got to talk about this one as well there's one more (laughs) um people keep going missing in the mountains and every time you'll see this crying family member and they'll be like my son's gone missing you go up to the mountains there's nothing there you come back someone else is talking about their sister or whatever go to the mountains there's nothing there third time someone's like someone's gone lost in the mountains and john's like i'm not going up to the mountains again but he does anyway he goes up and then what he finds is he finds a load he finds like a shoe or whatever and then it's a cannibal 
and a cannibal's been eating all these people in the mountains and it's so oh, fucking geez. creepy because you can like find remains of people all over the mountains and shit like that and you can you have a choice of killing him or just letting him go because um, it's red dead of course you do but just creepy shit like yeah, that red dead one does red dead if gta side quests are always bonkers and really weird where it's like oh look bro there's the aliens and they're gonna kidnap you as for shits and giggles or go run a triathlon and stuff like that or go and break into the scientology headquarters and steal all their money whereas red dead's like yo do you want to do weird side quests about like manifestations of the devil and cannibals and it's like what the fuck <laughs> um so yeah shout out to red dead right hunter what's your final one all right, let me tell you about the Brood Mother from Dragon Age Origins. Okay, I'm sitting down. <laughs> it is one of the most grotesque boss fights I've ever dealt with because it's basically just this. It's what was used to be a dwarf lady that had been essentially bloated and swollen by a whole bunch of monster corrupted monsters <laughs> doing horrible things to her. So they set the tone for this by having a survivor of this attack. These uh, the mon- the main threat in Dragon Age is called the Darkspawn. They're like mm-hmm. some kind of I don't know, I don't know necessarily. They're just some kind of monstrous creature that comes from the ground. And this uh, this survivor kind of details you the story of how more of them are made. Essentially, this uh, group of them got attacked in the because the dwarves live underground too. They got attacked in their little section that is less inhabited, and the dark spawn took all of them. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the men got killed. The women got uh, not so lucky. Yeah, <laughs> you can see where it's going. And mm-hmm. just the whole time, it's been eerily narrated by this emotionally dead lady who thinks that you're a hallucination. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's creepy. I like it. Mm. It's quite creepy. <laughs> and, yeah, Broodmother. Uh, go look it up at your own peril. It's just a very unpleasant visual. <laughs> Broodmother is never a nice like term, is it? Like, let's be real. Like, you don't ever hear the term broodmother, and you're like, oh, I bet you that's a wholesome like thing that we're gonna <laughs> see, is it? Like, it it definitely sounds creepy just from the name alone. Never mind what actually happens. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I guess we'll end it on because Kyle doesn't have another one. <laughs> Shaking my head. Dude, I don't yeah. know how I, I how I'm out already, and you guys aren't because I thought we all had five. I yeah, well, yeah, but I came. I think me and Hunter came up with like an additional. Like Hunter wanted to talk about Kojima. I added in ah. Red Dead. That wasn't on my list originally, but then I realized how creepy Red Dead was at times. As you do, that's um, fair. This is my final one as well. Uh, I want to talk about the Batman games real quick because uh, yes. they do some creepy ass shit in those games. Uh, and they, I think all the ways they do it are kind of excellent. Um, so let's talk... First, let's go to Asylum. Asylum is a comic book game, and in the sense of it is a video game that basically was a comic book in another life, where everything about it is straight up a comic book. 
uh, from its art design to its level design to just everything about it. Uh, it's an excellent video. I love Arkham Asylum. The more I've played, the additional playthroughs that I've had of Arkham Asylum, the more I love that game and how well-crafted I think that game is from start to finish. Um, but one thing that's excellently done is Scarecrow. Who Definitely. Scarecrow was that good and they knew how much they had nailed it. They did not even promote him at all when they made <laughs> this game. He was not in any trailers. He was not in any promotional art. And I remember people freaked the shit out when they realized Scarecrow was in this game because they do him so well. Um, whether it's just you knowing that Scarecrow has affected you, you don't know really because all you ever find out is Joker does... Mark Hamill does a very hammed up uh, little thing where he he's like, oh, hope, uh, I hope you're ready to face your greatest fears. And you're just yeah, like, what are okay. you afraid of? Yeah, he's like, yeah, what scares the bat? <laughs> like, just kind of starts mocking him, and then you just hear Batman do like a, a brief cough. And if you, unless you're like massively into Batman, right, you wouldn't. This was, I think, 2009. Was this when was Batman Begins? 2009 was Asylum. Yeah, it Begins was 2005. 2005, right? Okay. Wow, Batman Begins is older than I thought it was. I thought it was <laughs> a lot earlier than that. Um, sorry, a lot well, later the than Dark that. Knight came out in 2008, so there's not a what? much. Yeah, jeez. I always place those films a couple of years ahead, where I think like um, Begins was like 2007 or eight ish. So yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah. So unless you were like, unless you had seen Batman Begins, uh, sla- uh which has got a bit of Scarecrow in it, um. Most people didn't really know what Scarecrow was. So, but they the, the way they do it is so creepy. Uh, the first time you meet Scarecrow is fucking terrifying in a way because you're just walking down. It's in the morgue of the asylum. Yep. It's in the asylum morgue, and you're just walking around, and then all of a sudden you'll see uh, Jim Gordon just on the floor, like dying dead. Right now, if you check, if you use your detective vision, which the game teaches you to use all the time, if you actually check, you can see that he has no skeleton. So you can tell that it's like that's the first kind of uh, giveaway that it's a hallucination. But you just keep going through it and all this creepy shit's happening. And then you go into the morgue and you unzip a body bag. And it's his fucking like a zombified like corpse version of Bruce Wayne's mom who like jumps out at you and fucking, yeah, like literally screams at you. And it shit me up so bad when I was a kid, dude. I was like, that's terrifying. And they just keep doing it over and over again. The second time you meet him, it just starts raining randomly. And then it gets to the point where you're at the site of Bruce Wayne's parents' death and stuff like that. And it's super creepy. And then the third time... Yeah, the third time is the best time where the game just flat out starts bugging. Like, it's such a meta joke where you're just walking down a corridor and the audio starts glitching and the game starts flickering and then it does, like, a fake crash... And then and then the game just goes to a game over. And it's like, you should have pressed L4. It was like, yeah, Batman died. It's like, press L4 to use your whatever. And then you click retry and you wake up in his nightmare. And it's so fucking excellently done that I'm just like, like that one, I was like, well done. Because I honestly thought my PS3 was dead. Um, so yeah, that was well done. In Arkham City, you had the Mad Hatter, which was also oh, a very... Yeah, the Mad Hatter section was real cool real cool where 
there's this, there's this distress signal and i thought it'd be scarecrow to be honest there was like there's this weird like distress signal and you go to it and the mad hatter kick kidnaps you and you're sitting at a table with a load of knock like a load of knocked out henchmen with like masks on and the mad hatter there and he's basically drugged you and you have to fight all these goons and it's like this creepy like kind of even worse than tim burton's like fucking wonderland like it's a really creepy version of like yeah shit going on and you have to beat the shit out of him really cool fight and then an arkham knight the fucking man bat jump scare dude fuck me got me so yeah, much the man bat thing there was also the uh one side quest with the dude who was leaving body parts around the city oh yeah that was creepy as well yeah I yeah enjoyed that one. there's so much creepy stuff the the man bat jump scare is the biggest fuck you of a jump scare because they programmed it so that it can be on so many different buildings that you can't predict when you'll have it. Yeah. <laughs> and then Joker does it to you. Yeah, and later. then yeah, and then later on, Joker, who's like possessed in your head in that game, you got like a, you've got like a hallucination version of Joker mocking you throughout the whole game because he was technically already a, a part of you when that jump scare happens. About fifteen hours past that point, when you're just randomly going there again, he'll do the jump scare to you again. <laughs> where he'll just go ah! and he's like you should have seen the look on your face like he just starts laughing at you there's so many creepy moments like that as well there are so many creepy moments with joker where you'll just see him in the corner of your eye or he'll just like start doing weird shit to you in the, that game uh, the miss me thing when he reintroduces himself in that game was just really good oh the batman jump like... scare as well there's a batman jump scare in that uh, oh, section yeah. as well where you're playing as jim gordon in first person and you're looking at a load of patients in a load of like uh, rooms right and once you've looked at the last one as soon as you turn the camera away batman's just standing behind you like menacingly <laughs> in front of you and that's the first time i felt like i know what a, uh what a thug what feels a like when they see all, when they see batman because i shat myself because he didn't say anything <laughs> he didn't do anything just his presence there made me go ha ah! Like, honestly terrifying <laughs> yeah so yeah fair play to the arkham games they have plenty of creepy shit in them uh, that's done really well and yeah i guess that's it i guess we're done yeah those are our creepy moments in non-creepy games uh let us know what your guys's picks are in the comments down below we'd love to hear from you uh or at us at hot games only if you're an audio listener um yeah. and yeah i guess that's it as always all links are on screen right now. Uh, you can go and subscribe to us. No, that is not Bo Burnham's Twitter account next to Kyle because, uh, unfortunately, Kyle is not Bo Burnham. And Bo Burnham doesn't post. Yeah, it's true. okay, Kyle. I'm happy you're Kyle. <laughs> I, I'm Thank still. You, I am honestly just still amazed that he bought the exact same projector that Bo Burnham had. In dude, these lights special. are so fucking cool. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty I'm sick. Ju- like. I've had these for basically the entire month of October, and I've just been using them instead of turning on the actual lights I use. Yeah, they're they're pretty sick. Uh, excellent job. But yeah, as always, you can go and follow us to keep up to date with everything that we do outside of the podcast. But if you just care about the podcast, that's cool too. You can go and follow us on Twitter at Hot Gamers Only, or subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Hot Gamers Only. And hey. If you don't want to look at our stupid faces that look like Joker and Bo Burnham, you can go to your favorite podcast service, search for Hot Gamers Only, or go to Linktree slash Hot Gamers Only and find us on your favorite podcast service like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And yeah, with that, our spook-filled episode is over. 
It's been a fun one. Hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Because, yeah, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I can't wait to wear my actual Halloween costume like weeks after Halloween in a completely inappropriate... You can guarantee it's going to be in an inappropriate week as well, isn't it? It's going to be like something terrible is going to happen and then I'm just going to show up in a stupid costume and everyone's going to go, oh, We don't typically cover serious stuff anyway, so... Well, guys, Activision fucked up again. (laughs) And then what's Ubisoft done this time? (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, we'll see. see Ethan dressed as a dinosaur to find out. (laughs) <laughs> i wish it was a dinosaur costume that would be cool they probably would have come in time as well um but yeah that's been our show thank you so much for listening slash watching uh, we'll be back same time same place next week for more who knows what we're going to be talking about then but until then have an amazing week and yeah we'll see you next time bye see ya Toodaloo.